0: My name is Christian, and I'm Rob, and this is Faith 168. There are 168 hours
1: in every week, and in those 168 hours, we need Jesus to make it through. So join us every week as we share devotions, talk about standing boldly in the Word of God, and answer tough questions
0: submitted by you, our listeners. Welcome to to Faith Faith 168.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. Wherever you are listening from, thank you for joining us for this episode of Faith 168. This is Rob, joined with my brother and co-host, Christian. And we are here to help you focus on living faithfully 168 hours a week. Today we're going to be looking at James chapter 1, uh, verses 19 through 20. Uh, At this point in the book of James or in this first chapter, there is somewhat of a a break and we're going to move on into uh, a different topic. We've been talking about trials and how God is good even in the midst of our trials, how he has saved us from the ultimate uh, enemy of of sin, uh, death, and, and Satan, and he is working all things together for our good. And so we can trust him even in the middle of our greatest trials, uh, because he is good and he loves us. Now we're moving on and we're looking at God's word and how we are to hear it, but not just be hearers of the word, but also to do what his word says. And so now I'm going to turn it over to Brother Christian, and he's going to introduce our guest today.
0: Hey, Faith 168 family, this is Christian here. And we have a guest with us uh, once more, Brother Brandon. Uh, He is the pastor of Locust Grove Baptist Church, and he is also an author. I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about his book and how you can get that book. And then I'm going to ask him to go ahead and just
2: read some scripture for us. So, Brother Brandon, over to you. It is so good to be back on the podcast with you faithful brothers. And I want to thank all of the listeners for tuning in today and hope that this podcast has encouraged you to walk faithfully with the Lord. And yes, as they mentioned, I have a book out called Bible Gleanings, 100 Devotions Gathered from Scripture. It's something that works to this end that the podcast does, kind of helps you live out your faith daily, uh, week, week by week. You can get that on Amazon by just typing in the title, and I hope that its devotions will encourage you in your faith. Now, we are looking, as Robbie said, at verses 19 to 20 of James chapter 1, which I want to go ahead and begin reading. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God.
0: This is one of the most painful passages to read sometimes for myself. (laughs) But I'll let you go ahead and and start off, Brother Brandon, and, and talk a little bit about what you see there.
2: Sure. So, Robbie mentioned just a few moments ago that beginning in verse 19, we have a bit of a transition. When you're reading through the letter of James, you can notice and pick up on these transitions typically when he says, my beloved brothers, as he does here in verse 19, know this, my beloved brothers. That signals to us that he's getting ready to move on to a new topic. Of course, all of it is related together, but here he is moving on now to the topic of Christian conduct, what faith looks like in real life, and really he continues This discussion of true religion, authentic faith, really all throughout the letter. But in this section, all the way down to about verse 27. And what's interesting here is he begins this discussion of true, genuine faith by talking about something that is so difficult to control, namely the tongue or speech. He will pick up back on this in the third chapter where he talks about taming the tongue and how we need God's grace to cultivate godly speech. But here he says we need to be quick to listen. We need to have an impulse to hear others and especially to hear the word of God. And conversely, we need to slow down in our speech. We don't need to be so quick and so impulsive to speak our minds or to share our opinion. And he says we also need to slow down in the area of anger, hmm. because if we are given to anger, if we're quick, uh, quickly kindled to anger, chances are we're going to be quick to speak. Chances are we're going to say something we regret, something mm-hmm. we're going to want to take back. And he go takes uh, takes us to the root of the issue here. You know, the issue is not really uh, speaking too quickly or speaking in an ungodly manner. That's sort of the symptom of the true issue. The issue goes back to the heart. If we're not under control on the inside, if we don't have our anger bridled, if we are given quickly to wrath and anger, then we're going to speak in an ungodly way that doesn't uh, represent Christ very well. So Mm -hmm. we got to get our anger under control first. And that's why I believe he says in verse 20 that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. It's not a good thing. Uh, when we are angry in a sinful sense. right, And then on throughout the rest of it, which we'll get to at a later time, I believe he tells us the solution to getting that anger under control is to let the word of God get into us mm-hmm. and then flow out into the rest of our lives. Yeah, amen.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Brother Rob, what do you think?
2: Yeah, so I'll give you an
1: illustration uh, of what James is talking about here. Uh, on Monday my little girl had her first softball practice and uh, we tried to play a, a few years ago, but COVID hit. And uh, so she had two practices and that's the only practices for T-ball or, or softball that she's ever had. And uh, my little girl is the youngest girl on the team. All the other girls are a couple of year, years older than her, but she wanted to play with this team because there's a, a few girls from church on it. And, uh, and so, I, and I'm an overprotective dad. Uh, this is my little girl. Uh, the other day I was with my, my little boy who's much younger and uh, he was climbing on some playground equipment, fell backwards, did a flip uh, and landed uh, on, his, on his backside. And uh, I just told him to get up and, and to, uh, to, to walk it off. And uh, that's what he did. He didn't care. Uh, If that would have been my little girl, I would have been rushing to the hospital because I'm super overprotective of my little girl. But nonetheless, uh, we get to baseball or uh, softball practice. And I take my glove with me because I'm planning on helping her out and and being there for her and and helping her uh, learn some of the the tricks and the tips and that kind of stuff. And uh, I get out on the field and and I'm helping her. And uh, the coach walks up, uh, up to me. And uh, says, we don't allow parents on the field. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this daddy got hot. I, I was angry. <laughs> it, it didn't take very long at all. And uh, so I went up to, to my wife and I said, hey, uh, babe, I'm going to go for a drive for a little bit. And she said, why? And I said, uh, I don't want to get into it. I just need to go for a drive. Yeah. So I went for a drive for about 15 minutes and came back and watched the rest of practice and everything worked out. Okay. Um, had I, um, been quick to speak, I would have said some things that were not very nice and I would have ruined my witness uh, with the whole softball team. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but instead, um, I was slow to speak and, uh, after practice, I just, uh, I sent them, uh, this lady a message and said, "Hey, I'm sorry that I was on the field. I didn't know that that was a um, I didn't know that was a rule." I said, "I'm an overprotective dad. I don't like it, but I respect your rules. I've I've been in coaching before, and I understand you've got to protect all of the kids. and, and there are some really dads out there that that don't need to be on the field. So yeah. I, I respect that. Yeah. Um, and so it was much better uh, to wait a few minutes. Uh, but boy, did I want to lay into that woman!" And uh, but man, what a fool I would have been if I would have how how um, toxic masculinity. Not a, yes, not only would I have ruined my witness with that team, uh, but in a town uh, like mine, a small town, uh, word travels fast, and so how, how fast I would have ruined my witness in the community, uh, and so we have to uh, to understand that what James is saying is is not simply for, um, for the, the worship of God, although that should be why we do it alone. Uh, but it's also for our witness. And I want to read from Romans chapter 10 uh, real fast for you guys. Um, starting in verse 14, it says, uh, Paul says, How then uh, will they call on him who uh, they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach uh, the good news. And so if we want to see a lost and dying world come to know Jesus, then we have to be sent uh, and we have to preach his word. Uh, We have to preach it with our our words, but we also have to preach it with the deeds that we do, the things that we do, uh, the fruit that we bear. And how are we to expect people to believe if they don't hear? And to go a step further than Paul, how are they supposed to believe if they hear from somebody with no credibility? Mm -hmm. And so I believe that James is protecting us not only uh, with our relationship with God, but with our relationship of others. Uh, You know, Jesus, when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He quotes the greatest commandment from the... Old Testament, which is to love God with everything inside of us, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. If you were to to uh, condense the Ten Commandments, there are, are certain commandments that are dealing with loving God, and there's others that are loving each other, uh, and so if we are going to, uh, to love each other, uh, then we have to control our tongue, and man is that hard, uh, but as we talked about a few uh, a, a few sessions ago, or a few episodes ago, we are able to overcome the temptation only in Jesus, only by living 168 hours a week for Jesus, being in communion with him, as the Old Testament says, praying without ceasing, uh, being in constant attitude of, of where we are communing with God, living in his presence, that we can uh, tame our tongue. Uh, it's, it's the only way that we can, but it, it has to be done if we're going to be a witness for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I agree. And I know how that anger <laughs> can, can really separate us from reaching out to people. You know, we can do yeah. things wrong and we can mess up in areas and yeah. people seem to be more forgiving of these, these mess ups that don't involve anger. But if you want to, separate yourself from someone completely if you want to break a relationship completely I think the the key to that is anger uh, you know if you're if you're anger if you're angry at someone and, and you're uh, getting mad at them and yelling at them or bringing them down degrading them that's the quickest way to ruin a relationship uh, forever I was at Walmart last night and I did the uh, probably the craziest thing that I shouldn't have done was do a pickup order uh, through Walmart. And for the most part, all of my pickup orders at Walmart have been great. Uh, And then I ordered a lot of uh, equipment for, for internet and things like that. And so it was a couple hundred dollars worth of equipment. And before I went to this pickup, I realized that there were a few things on the list that I didn't pick up. Or put on the list uh, to pick up. So I went inside, and a lot of the internet stuff, the routers and Wi Fi extenders and cords and cables that I needed, were all right there in the same area. And I saw all of the things that I was about to get, that I was about to receive. But then I go around the corner with my vehicle and do the pickup order, and the guy comes out and says hey did you see the substitutions I said "Yeah, I saw the substitutions it was just the thing of eggs and then he said did you see what was out of stock and I said oh no I didn't see anything out of stock And he said well it was your router your wi-fi extender and these cords <laughs> and cables and stuff I was like those aren't out of stock <laughs> I was just in there I, I saw them they're wow. all right in there and he said oh are they we'll all go have a talk with someone else and then I asked him. I said, "Well, when do I get a refund on those things?" And he said, "It'll be 3 to 5 business days." And my first thought was, "I'm not a rich man. But $250 out of pocket wasn't something I could really, you know, live with because I got to drive everywhere. I've got to get gas. I've got to get food. We live out in the middle of nowhere, so we have to constantly stay stocked up." And so my first thought was, you know, I was kind of angry. I didn't I didn't express it, but I went in to see if I could go ahead and grab those things, and what happened was I pretty much got the answer, oh, well, if they already completed the pickup order, we can't do anything. They're going to refund you in three to five business days, and all of this equipment that you need right now, you're going to have to wait three to five business days, or you're going to go ahead and have to drop another $250 to to get that, and I was about to just let loose, like Robbie was saying earlier, you know, he was about to get angry, and I was very upset. But then I realized, man, I just came from church. I just came from youth group. I've got a cross necklace around my neck. My T-shirt that I had on was a Christian T-shirt. There was no doubt who I was proclaiming through those means. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I was thinking, man, if I get mad at these people, I'm going to ruin not my reputation only, but the reputation of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so important to control our anger. That's not saying don't feel your anger, uh, but <clears throat> but feel it rationally. Ask yourself these questions you know, why am I angry? Is this a justifiable anger? And there is justifiable anger. The Bible talks about it, it's called a righteous anger. Uh, but a lot of times what we call righteous anger isn't really righteous anger. It's, it's just our evil desires and our selfishness a lot of times that, that pushes out. And we like to justify it by saying, well, this is a righteous anger. I think Jesus would probably uh, be angry about this, but we oftentimes mix that up. But I think it is extremely important to control our anger, to, to uh, be swift to hear and to hear their first must be silence. And so that kind of goes Amen. with the slow to speak. You know, keep your mouth shut for a little bit. Take in all the details of the situation. Don't don't get into the talking and to what brother Brandon said earlier. You'll a lot of times when you're angry and you start to speak, you're going to say something irrational that you don't mean. If you have kids, you probably have heard them at some point say, I hate you. They don't mean that they're just angry in that moment. And they said something that breaks your heart to hear and they have to deal with that later on. Uh, and so our wrath, our anger pretty much shuts off the flow of leading people to Christ. And so I think actually brother Brandon has a a good analogy, uh, talking uh, about taming your tongue.
2: Sure. Um, and I'll just add that, uh, Robbie and Chris, you're absolutely right that if we do not bridle our tongue, we compromise our own testimony. I'm glad that we've been talking about this because, uh, later on uh, in verse 27 of this same chapter, he talks about how authentic religion, this true faith and bridling our tongue and controlling our anger is to keep oneself unstained from the world. That's what he says in that verse. meaning that if we are stained by these sins that are supposed to just be characteristic of, you know, unbelievers of the world, then people are not going to be able to see our testimony, our life change and conversion because we're going to be stained. Mm -hmm. that's all they're going to be able to see. And thus we will not be good ambassadors for Christ. Robbie and Chris also alluded to the fact that this taming the tongue and Abolishing our anger goes back to our sin nature. You know, without Christ, without the grace he gives us, we're always going to be quick to speak. We're always going to be given to rage and outbursts. And again, this goes back to something James was talking about before when he told us about the source of our sins and temptations in verses 13 to 15. It's not God, it's really not even the world. We are given over to sin because of our own sinful nature. And I remember reading an article in Time Magazine by Doug Fields. He is an acclaimed neuroscientist, and he's got a lot of five-star books on mental health and whatnot. And he wrote this about anger and speaking in a way that is unhelpful. He said, The human brain is hardwired for explosive violence. Now, bear with me for a moment. He continues saying, We evolved such neural circuits for survival in the world. We still need them. Now, obviously, there's a lot of untruth to that, because the scientific world would have us believe that rage is a survival trait, sort of embedded within us because of evolution, that we breathe out hateful words, curse at slow traffic, and snap in fury because of human nature. But, you know, that science is not entirely wrong because James is attesting here that we sin in anger precisely because of human nature, more specifically sin nature, not because God has created us with it, but that sin has corrupted us so that when we do get angry, which, as Chris alluded, is not always wrong, but we have this inclination to get angry in the wrong way and to vent that anger in a way that is ungodly, unfortunately. So if we're going to get this under control, we have to have the word of God and the grace of God working within so that what comes out is good, holy, and godly. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to share something from uh, from the book of Revelations. And uh, there are countless ideas and ideologies and, and translations and understandings of, of Revelation that we won't get into for the sake oh, of this study. Today. No. <laughs> uh, but th- there's something clear here that I want us to, to understand. And uh, and so I'm going to read uh, verses uh, 10 and 11 and 12 uh, and of, of Revelation's Chapter twelve and I heard a voice, a loud voice in heaven, saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brothers have been thrown down, uh, who accuses them day and night before our God. They have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Something we must consider here is that um, that James is writing to, uh, the, the earliest reader of James' writing is going to be a Jew uh, in the church, uh, possibly in Jerusalem or around, that are going to have to deal with persecution from Rome uh, that is unheard of, that, that is absolutely devastating. Uh, we see that the people, uh, they're the Christians, the the Christ followers, are going to be impaled on stakes, covered in tar and light on lit on fire. Uh, they're they're going to have to to be beheaded uh, for the sake of Christ, and so uh, these people are going to die for the sake of Christ. Uh, I got angry because somebody told me uh, that I couldn't be on the field practicing softball with my my daughter. In the grand scheme of things, ten thousand years from now. What does that matter? Absolutely nothing. Uh, however, when people are threatening us with our, for our, our lives, when, when we're uh, looking death um, in the face, um, we often say, well, that's justifiable anger, as Brother Christian was talking about. But look at Stephen. What did, what did Stephen do when he, he was um, being wrongly uh, accused? Uh, there was false witness spreading about him. He forgave the people. He looked up into heaven and he saw the glory of God. He didn't get angry with the people. He forgave them. We, we should too because our testimony is what is going to, uh, first of all, the blood of the lamb, uh, which is absolutely vital. And without it, we cannot defeat Satan. But because of the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, we will continue to defeat Satan until Jesus comes back, uh, to, to throw him into the lake of fire. Well, he he will uh, be for, for all eternity. Uh, but we have to understand, uh, that our testimony is of the utmost importance. Why should other people believe, uh, in Jesus? Uh, First of all, because he is God, and we have proofs of it through his word, uh, through archaeology, archeolo- uh, through, uh, fr- through many different ways. We, we have proof of, that Jesus is who he says he is. Uh, there were over 500 eyewitnesses of his resurrection. Um, many things that, that we can see here. Uh, but why should people believe what's going to convince them to believe? Ultimately, the Holy Spirit does that, right? Mm-hmm. But how does the Holy Spirit work through the preacher, through the one sharing the gospel? That is to be each and every one of, of Christ's followers, of our, of the disciples, of which we are, and we do that through our testimony. Yeah. Uh, if we're quick to anger, we're not going to have a testimony that's that's worthy uh, uh, of mocking or, or, or worthy uh, of following. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a testimony uh, of everyone else that, that people see around us. Yeah. Uh, but, but let's read uh, the last verse here, verse 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil, ha- devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows his time is short. Satan knows his time is short. Jesus is going to come back, whether it be today or whether it be 500 years, 5,000 years. Jesus is coming back, and we know this. Satan wants to do everything that he can to make the believer mad to say something he shouldn't say to ruin that testimony because he knows that that testimony is how he's going to be defeated. And so he's going to try to ruin your testimony. Uh, We have to do what James says here, and we have to tame our tongue. Otherwise, Satan is going to to gain a a temporary victory. He he can't defeat us because we already have the victory, Uh, but he can win a battle or two, and we have to make sure he
0: doesn't. Well, and you, you talked about Stephen and mm-hmm. as a good example. I'm going to go even further. Uh, yeah. Our best example is actually Christ. He's Amen. brought before the Roman courts. He's brought before Pontius Pilate. Yeah. And his reaction to being falsely accused was not to scream and stomp his feet, mm-hmm. though I believe that Jesus, being fully God, was also fully human, and experienced a lot of the similar emotions that we have to these scenarios. The difference between us and him is that where we fail, he always succeeds. Where we fail to keep our mouth shut, where we fail to keep our anger in check, he always succeeded in that. He lived a blameless life. And he could have screamed. He could have stomped his feet. He could have even given a defense, uh, a perfect defense, to why he was blameless. But instead, before the courts, he was silent. And that astounded them because most people that would be brought before the courts, guilty or innocent, would have many words to say. And yet Jesus, as he stood there, did not have to give an account, did not justify uh, uh, any of the things that were said about him or or give his, his accusers any ground. He simply answered a few questions so they say you know you're the king of the jews and you know okay well i will go ahead and answer that you rightly say eh, silence and it astounded them because we live in a culture and now and even then that expresses that we must be heard what we're innocent we're we're righteous, we're justified by our own means and our opinions, our desires. We got to scream and stomp our feet and make sure that the whole world hears it. Uh, our political problems that we're going through today, I don't want to get too political, but you know, if you have a different political stance, it's not met with saying, hey, you know, you have a different idea than I do, but you're still a human and, and you're still worthy of respect and dignity. Instead, we fight. There's knockout, dragout fights on Facebook posts, on Instagram posts about who's right, who's wrong, because your opinion must be heard. And we get angry and we say things without really looking into it. A lot of posts, people read the headlines and don't read anything else and, and get in fights over that. But I, I like a few verses in Proverbs that I would like to share. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. So the more you speak sometimes, the more you open up the door to sure. slip up and fall in sin. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27, he who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of Calm spirit. And so these are things that the world should see in us because these are things that the world saw in Christ. And if we claim to follow Christ, we claim to be a part of Him, as you said in an earlier episode, Brother Rob, that we put on Christ, yeah. that people should see the nature of Christ pouring out of us, not yeah. because we're trying to do that, but because if we truly have the gift of the Holy Spirit that's going to become a part of us. That's going to be evident in us. So do we have any closing words between the two of you before we pray and dismiss?
2: I would add here that we have to remember what is at stake as we've been talking about. Yes, certainly James is dealing with our own relationship with God and our own obedience. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said in verse 20 that the anger man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Sort of right. painting a contrast there. But again, you know, the secondary issue is that we're not representing Christ very well when no. we're presented with those temptations, those situations that uh, make us want to respond in a way that would be hateful or unhelpful or speak in a way that we would regret. Um, because here's what's at stake the world that is watching us is continuously forming a judgment about Christ and the gospel based on what they see in us. Right. They are not reading the Bible to discover who Jesus is. Yeah. They're reading us. Mm-hmm. They're not studying theology to understand Christianity. They're studying us. You may be That's the sort- only Bible someone reads. Exactly. And, and I was going to bring up a quote from Billy Graham uh, where he said similarly, we are the Bibles the world is reading. Oh, We are like the creeds. Yeah. He continues, yes, we are the creeds the world is needing. We are the sermons the world is heeding. Yeah. Obviously, we may preach the gospel a thousand times to those around us, and we should do that. But our life witness always preaches a thousand times louder. Absolutely. So we got to be careful what yeah. message we're preaching. And it all goes back to the words we say. What about Absolutely.
1: you, Rob? Uh, I'll, I'll just share one more quick analogy. So, uh, when I prepare for a sermon, uh, the more time I spend in God's Word in in prayer, uh, the more He speaks through me. Uh, and so, the what I what I mean by that is that the quieter that I am, the better I am as a servant to others. Uh, and so I have to be silent and listen to him so that I can be a better witness. Uh, Amen. and so that just goes, goes to show, uh, when I, when I don't have much time to prepare for a message, um, uh, I say stuff that I shouldn't say and, and go to places I shouldn't go. But when I listen to him and I, I lean into him, uh, then I might say less. But what I say is
0: more impactful. So so we have to understand Amen. that too. Sure. I've, I've heard it said before, and I don't know who said this, but so I'm quoting someone anonymous that you may know. So if you know who said this quote, y'all let me know. But preach the word when necessary, use words. Yeah. Preach the word when necessary, use words. That's right. Sure. Well, guys, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Brother Brandon for joining us once more. Uh, I look forward to fellowshipping with you more often uh, as we continue this Faith 168 podcast. I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. I hope this was something edifying for you. I hope this was something that will encourage you throughout the week, and we will see you again next week. So, Brother Rob, will you go ahead and dismiss us in prayer? Absolutely.
1: Father, you are so good. Your mercies are renewed to us every day. God, where we fail you, uh, where where we come short, where we allow our our tongue not to be tamed and anger to overcome us, God, you have paid the price for those sins. God, you have taken our place in, in the judgment of the Father for us. And so now we stand before you as though we have never sinned and and we don't deserve it. But God, we thank you so much for your mercy and for your grace. God, let that thought, let that knowledge propel us into being faithful servants of yours, of letting your Holy Spirit guide every step and helping us to walk 168 hours a week in faith uh, in your great name. It's by
0: Jesus' name and his blood that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Have a wonderful week. May God bless you, and we love you. Thanks for joining us today. Every week has its trials and tribulations, and we want to encourage you to seek Christ during those times. We want to pray for you during those times. So look us up on
1: Facebook by typing in faith 168 Podcast. And send us a message. It can be a prayer request or maybe you want us to answer a question that you've been contemplating. Just send us a message. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see
0: you again in 168 hours.